Hello, America, and welcome back to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It, The Life and Times of Jerry Daniels. When you've had your daily dose of today's craziness, dealing with all them Karens out there, ride shotgun with old JD as he goes back and recounts the life and times of growing up in the South during the 60s and 70s. I believe we were called baby boomers. Stories that you will say, yep, I've done that, but I ain't gonna tell my kids, and I ain't never told my spouse. But whatever the truth be, it will be this, to hear me tell it. Hello folks, and welcome to another episode of To Hear Me Tell It. I want to start off by saying good morning, and I hope everyone had a Merry Christmas, and I hope everybody has a happy and safe New Year. We sure did. God is great, and we are blessed. Just also another reminder that if you have not selected the follow or the like button or whatever on podcasts, uh, please do. And I ask that all my listeners, please, by all means, share this with as many folks as you can. It helps. And uh, the same thing goes for Spotify and whatnot. But anyway, here's what I want to talk about this morning. Now, I'm a little late. Now, usually this right here would have been released about three hours ago. But with all the holiday festivities, I got a little preoccupied and I got behind. Had our children come into town and my mother-in-law's here and whatnot. And uh, anyway, all right, enough of me wanking and whining. And we had a cold spell here in North Georgia over the uh, Christmas Day holidays. It was cold. Son, it was cold. All right, so here's what I want to talk about. And I, I, I thought about this driving down the highway the other day, and I listened to an old song that was on the radio. And uh, this particular song was written by, uh, I may mess his last name up, but I always just called him Jim Croce. But Jim Croce wrote, wrote a song a long time ago, and uh, I think it was uh, Don't Mess Around With Jim. It was the name of it. And, and I think it was like in the early 70s when it came out. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it came out in the early 70s. And the song's about a fella that was in a, I guess he was in Chicago and he was really a bad, a bad dude and whatnot. And he's a big fella. And and then uh and some old boy from Alabama come in there and he was a little old skinny dude named Slim. And 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 the first part of the song talked about, you know, how bad Jim is. Jim's a big bad dude, boy. And uh anyway, and 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 there's a there's a and I'm not a song person, so I don't know what it means, the lyrics or the the part that repeats itself over and over in the song, whatever that is. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, there's a, there's a part in there where it talks about, says, and and you don't uh, you don't tug on Superman's cape, and you don't spit in the wind, and you don't pull the mask off that old Lone Ranger, and you don't mess around with Jim. And uh, and and there's a lot to be said for that. And and I remember when when I was when I was young, younger, and in early in the Navy. You know, I used to say, I used to tell folks, I say, hey, man, there ain't, you know, we talk about how bad somebody is. And I say, hey, there ain't never been, there ain't never been a horse that couldn't be rode. And there ain't never been a cowboy that couldn't be thrown. And there's a lot of truth to that. Because that song about Jim Croce talked about that little old skinny dude named Slim. Slim comes in there and he whips up over an old Jim and cuts him from his head to his toe and shoots him and, and whatnot. But the point being is, is there's just some things you ought not mess with. Because uh, karma has a way of coming back at you, I guess I'll say. But there was there was a time in my life, and 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 and, and for those who do know me, know I do a lot of uh, safety, uh, industrial occupational safety uh, presentations and uh, motivation speakers to to you know plant managers and corporate leaders who are trying to get a handle on safety and they can't figure out why they keep having 
so many accidents and incidences and their, their insurance premiums go up and they can't figure it out. And it's all safety. Honestly, safety is just a matter of leadership is what it is. So, but I go in and I do some coaching and helping folks. But uh, and anyway, so I do a lot of these talks, folks. And I say, hey, man, <clears throat> I tell them, I say, listen, I've been dog bit, snake bit, uh, shot at, struck by lightning and uh, and not necessarily in that order. <clears throat> but there there were two times in my life that I've been dog bit. And one time I was dog bit bad. That's what I want to talk about. <clears throat> now, the first time was in McCray, Georgia, and it was when I was in the first grade. And these folks, I may have mentioned them. I think I did. I mentioned them in one of my other uh, episodes. But the folks what lived across the street from us was called the Hartleys. And I don't remember ever being a daddy there. I don't I don't remember. I was just too young. I don't remember if there was a Mr. Hartley. I know there was a Miss Hartley. And she was, uh, she didn't mess around, man. She's a rough old gal. And they had a lot of, they had a lot of kids in their family. And, and some of the boys were so much older. I know one of them was in the military and he, he'd come home from Vietnam and uh, and and I and I, I remember that specifically because he bought he brought a a deck of cards back from Vietnam and they, they had nudie pictures on them and 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 one of their younger brothers Roger who was my friend he 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 and I would look at him and and anyway you know how it is so <clears throat> they had the the, the the Hartley families but they had a dog and I don't remember the dog's name he was a big dog. And he was not overly friendly, and we was just kids, and it's not like I spent a lot of time with the dadgum dog. But one day, I ran over there to go play, and I ran up in a I don't have I don't think they had a garage. I think it was like a carport, and and I ran up on um, up in the garage or the carport, and I ran up in there with no no notice, no warning, and that dog was eating, and evidently he thought I was there to take his food. So he lit off, knocked me down, and he got me on the back of my neck, and he and he and he he could have done a lot of damage. He didn't do nothing bad other than scare the crap out of me, and he, and he broke the skin a little bit on the back of my neck with his teeth. So that was that was number one, and it took me a while to get over that because I was scared of dogs after a while. And I remember what yeah, this is. I'm squirreling, and that, that same dog, he come across the street one day when me and Robin was playing in the yard, and uh, he come at us. And we had a clothesline out in the yard. <clears throat> and folks know what I'm talking about because back in the day before dryers was real popular, you know, folks, a lot of folks, we hung our clothes out to dry. just hung them out and let them air dry. And a lot of those clotheslines, I guess it was a market for it, folks would make the clothesline post out of, out of concrete. I'm sure it has some kind of rebar in it, whatnot. They would basically make a big T. And then you could bury that thing in the ground and then uh, it would survive all the knuckleheads like us that would want to climb on it and play on it because the damn thing was indestructible, basically. I, I know Phyllis Smith. The Smiths had one in their backyard when we was little. So we had this clothesline out there that was on them concrete tees with the lines went from. And we had two cats. And I forget them cats' names. Uh, I'm thinking here. I think one of them was named Puss in Boots, and I forget what the other one's name was, but... Anyway, that doesn't matter. But the cat was up on top of that post, and that dog come running to me and my sister, and and our cat lit off and and jumped on that damn dog. And man, he was all over him. And dogs, y'all know me, and like uh, I say, you know me, but y'all know how y'all know what I'm talking about. Dogs don't want to mess with no damn mad cat. So this cat was all over his ass, and he run off. So but anyway, that was that was in the first grade. So I'm guessing that was probably 1968. 
And uh, I got my first taste of a dog bite then. So fast forward it. So I don't know how many years later, but I'm, I'm guessing I was probably in about the fourth or the fifth grade. We lived out there in that old red brick house that the Bones leased to mom and daddy or rented to mom and daddy. And, and, and that elderly woman, Miss Bone, that was deaf, she lived in one end of the house and we lived down in the big end of the house. <clears throat> and, and we had, and I, I say we, but anyway, we, we had a, uh, we had a mini bike and, and I loved to ride that mini bike. And uh, the folks that lived just South of us, uh, well, were several fam- folks, but uh, I remember uh, Glenda, Glenda Bone, is that her name? Anyway, the Bone, there were some other Bones that lived down the street from us. And, uh, but on down the road a little bit piece from them and not quite down there to the, to the James's house, there was, uh, there was the Stanridge's. And, and Mr. and Mrs. Stanridge and, and Mike and Kathy Stanridge. And uh, <clears throat> we used to go down there and play a lot. Anyway, so, um, and I remember when I would walk in their door at the Stanridge's house, this was back when, you know, the telephone was just one and it was mounted somewhere in the, in the house that usually had a, 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 like a writing desk or something, but they had a phone that sat on a, on like a, a, a bench or a table or something close to the front door. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. I won't forget it. But they had a license plate that that sat there. And it was, you know, it was just a license plate. It wasn't, no, you know, a, a, a state license plate, but it was a license plate. And I'll never forget studying on it when I was little. And I'd always try to figure out what it meant. And now I know what it was. But anyway, and it was a license plate that had a donkey with his, with his, with his you know, his ass in facing facing you, the reader, and he had his head turned around. He had a kind of look on his face and it said uh, something about to the effect of if your heart ain't in Dixie, then get your ass out or something like that. I, I can't remember what it was, but anyway. And I remember always just as a as a young, you know, eight, nine, ten-year-old boy studying on that thing goes, what does that mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> But anyway, the Stanridge's had a dog and he was a German shepherd. And I think he had one eye, if I remember right. And I think his name was Poco, and he and he and he stayed in a pen. He I never saw him out of the pen, and uh, I just know that he was he was daggum mean, you know. And 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 I probably didn't help matters because I'd go up there on a mini bike and I'd ride him around. Would well, agitate him? And he, boy, he'd run to the fence and he'd run around and run around and and he almost had run a track around inside of that that pen that was like a foot deep. It was like he was running a, a digging a moat all the way around his doghouse was in the middle. And, uh, he, he would, you know, come running up there, boy, he'd be biting at the fence and boy, he just, everything he was doing was like, you let me get my ass out of this fence. I'll, I'll, I'll eat you alive. Well, I, I, after a while, after, you know, I don't know, a year or two or whatever, I'd take the liberty of just agitating the crap out of him. And that was my fault. But that life's about learning, right? And I and then there was on occasion I'd poke a stick in there and boy he'd he'd get a hold of that stick and just like man he'd tear it to pieces and I just thought it was funny as crap. Now I heard tell I think Mike may have told me this but I heard tell that this dog had already bit Stanley Robinson right in the butt cheek. I mean got him some. So I heard I don't I can't confirm that but I, I believe that's what I was told he'd already got a hold of Stanley Robinson. Well one day one day uh, karma did what it did and I. Uh, I rode up, uh, rode up on my mini bike. Now, let me, let me back up. Miss Stanridge was a nurse, if I remember right, over at the hospital in Reynolds. And uh, she was a nice woman. She didn't, she didn't mess around. Miss Stanridge was a, 
she was a, a hardcore Southern gal, man. She's a big old gal. She didn't mess around, but she was nice as she could be. She was always sweet to me and my sister. Uh, and, and I think she worked night shift if I remember right. So anyway, I, I rode up in their yard one day on my mini bike. I come flying up in there in the yard and I, I got about, I think you had to ride through a hedgerow and I got through the hedgerow and I broke out into the opening and, and all of a sudden I, I hit the brakes on a mini bike and I sat there for a minute and I studied on that dog pen and it occurred to me that the damn gate was open and I didn't see that dog. Now this all happened probably like in a matter of seconds, but for me, life stood still. Everything stopped. The damn, the wind quit blowing. The birds stopped singing. The leaves quit moving. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, that damn dog is not in that pen. Well, I didn't have time to think long on it because he had me. And he got me by my left leg and he commenced to remove me from my mini bike. And he did, with I probably with no effort. But that dog got a hold of my left leg, brother. Let me tell you, he snatched my ass off that damn mini bike. And it was like you see a dog playing with a rag. He was having a field day with my left leg. <clears throat> of course, I was a hollering and a screaming and a kicking and whatnot, but he was a big German shepherd. And he had he had a uh, he had a bone to pick with me. Let's just say that. And and I was getting my due. I'm gonna tell you right now, I was getting everything I deserved from that dog for all the all the tormenting and and poking at him I had done in the past. And I was laying there in the grass. And again, this is just the way I remember it. So it's to hear me tell it. So I was laying there in the grass, and uh, and I and I thought I I thought I felt the 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 earth shaking. It was, it was like a vibration, you know, boom, boom. Anyway. And I, and I remember my, my head laying in the grass sideways so I could see the blades of the grass. It was real close to my eyes. And then what I could see in my field of view was a big set of white legs running. And I, I kind of tilted my head up and it was Miss Stanridge. So Miss Stanridge, I guess, heard all the commotion. She'd come running outside and she had a broom in her hand. She had a broom in her hand and evidently had woke her up or she had just got in bed or got her out of bed. I don't know, but let's just say Miss Stanridge was, was had a broom in her hand. And as Radar O'Reilly would say on mass, she was wearing her unmentionables and she come running out there and she commenced to hit that dog and get him off of me. Now he paid, he listened to her. So he didn't, he didn't, she didn't take a whole lot, but she got him off of me and took me in the house put on a house coat or a robe or whatever it was. And, uh, it looked how bad it was. And I had, I had some pretty serious puncture wounds in my left leg. So the timing on this was terrible. And let me tell you why, because this was about two or three days just before we was set to go to the Woodman of the world camp and, the, and the, and the Woodman of the world camp with old doc tent and, and the mother men folks from the church and whatnot, they take all those boys out camping I don't, maybe somebody can comment on this. I forgot where they took us. But uh, that was something to look forward to, was to go to Woodman of the World Camp. And we'd go, we'd go do stuff, you know, we're all boys, and it was all Christian fellowship. They say we was trying to plant seeds with us. And uh, anyway, so that this happened just a few days before that. Well, they took me to the hospital, and the docs all doctoring up. I didn't, I didn't know this, but I didn't know that you can't sew up a puncture wound. So the dog's big teeth, the really big teeth, you know, it wasn't like a cut. It was just a damn hole. And the doc said, you know, he gave me a bunch of antibiotics and stuff and he cleaned it up the best he could. He said, you're going to have to let them heal from the inside out. 
He said, because they're puncture wounds. They went through down and, you know, they're like, it's just like a big freaking hole. And uh, so he told mama and, and about all that kind of stuff and, and whatnot. And, and, and I said, well, you know, I said something about going, he said about how you got to dress wounds, you got to clean it and all this mess. And immediately I'm thinking, well, wait a minute, Hoss, I, I got to go camping. And when you go camping, you get to swim in that big lake, the big lake. And mama said, well, you, no, you can't go. And I was heartbroken. I couldn't go. I missed the daggum, uh, not 4-H, I missed the, the Woodman of the World camp that year because I got dog bit. And again, I got my due. I, I got my due. It was a, Everything was justified, man. I, I deserved everything I got that day. So uh, I don't know the details, uh, but as I recall it, uh, Daddy had words with, with, with Mr. Stanridge, and I don't, I don't know what transpired, but, and I don't even, I, I think, at least I was told is that they, uh, and I hope they didn't, I don't know. I never, I never really followed up on it, but I, I think they took care of the dog because of that. And I, and I hope that's not the case because it was clearly my fault, not that dog's fault. So, uh, that's the moral of the story. I'm gonna try to keep these things under 20 minutes, but, uh, I got my due. I got my due. Uh, I, I poked at the dog long enough and, and uh, that day come where he was out and he took care of Jerry Daniels and he, he settled, he settled a score with me and it was well-deserved and uh, I learned from it and maybe mom and daddy learned from it too. I don't know, but I know I miss a Woodman of the world camp and I love to go on that camp and it, it didn't happen that year. So that's it. So, you know, the, the old, the old song about don't, don't pull on super, Superman's cape, don't spit in the wind. Well, that's what I had done for a while. I'd pulled on uh, pulled on Superman's cape. And I was spitting in the wind for a while, and sure enough, here come along a fellow named Slim, but his name was Poco, and that dog got a hold of me, and he he took care of business. So uh, that's it. That's all. That's all I'm going to share today. I hope and pray. I do when I say I pray. I do pray. I pray to God, our God, and our Lord every day. Sometimes multiple times a day. Matter of fact, in most cases, multiple times a day. But I pray that everybody is safe. I pray that. Uh, that we as Americans, and I told I told myself when I started these these podcasts, I wasn't going to get political, so I'm not going to get political now. But I just pray that that we as 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 uh, fellow believers, Christians, that we don't let all this this chaff and fawn and and the, the the chatter of of gloom and doom and bad news get us down because we know how the story is going to end. We always know how the story is going to end. God is good. God is great. God is God, and the Alpha, the Omega, the uh, the beginning and the end. And we know that. We know that for a fact, and uh, we continue, I continue to pray that God continue to uh, put his grace and his blessings on our nation as a, as a, as a whole, as a whole. So, all right, that's it. I'm going to sign off here, and I do pray again and hope everybody has a wonderful, happy new year. Man, can you believe 2022 has rolled by so fast, and here we are if it's going to get into 2023, and I believe it's going to be a bountiful, blessed year for America. I do believe that. So I love y'all. And as my great friend from Elgin, South Carolina would say, y'all know what he's going to say. He's going to tell everybody when he leaves. Oh, Mike Coker, my, my buddy, he's going to say, bye. Bye. <laughs>